Good morning, Patriots. It's Sunday, December 20th, 2020, and you are listening to Living with Liberty. I am your host, Ryan. Today we'll talk about the dangers of putting all your hope in one person, and more on the misinformation that has been floating around as we get closer and closer to Inauguration Day, all next on Living with Liberty. Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Those words were uttered by Princess Leia in A New Hope, which is part of the Star Wars saga for those not familiar. Now, before you turn me off here for the Star Wars reference, I promise I'm going to bring this around. The premise of Leia's plea, for those not familiar with Star Wars and the story, is Obi-Wan Kenobi was the only hope to get plans and information to Leia's father on her home planet of Alderaan of a planet-destroying weapon called the Death Star that the Empire was deploying. So what happened to Obi-Wan Kenobi? Well, the only hope of getting the Death Star plans to the Rebellion ended up getting killed before those plans were delivered, and ultimately Alderaan ended up getting destroyed. The lesson here? If we are looking at something or someone as your only hope, we are in trouble. I saw a post on Parler yesterday saying Trump is our only hope. That is dangerous. If we are holding out hope that Trump pulls this thing out, then we have already been defeated. If we are just sitting around waiting for the next Q drop or waiting for information to come to fruition from someone claiming to have insider information, we are done. We need to be people of action, relying on Trump to protect us isn't a winning strategy. Say Trump does pull this out. He's only able to hold office for four more years. Then what after that? If we don't change our involvement in our government, if we don't change our behavior in how we hold elected officials accountable, then we leave the door wide open for their bad behavior to continue post-Trump whenever that may be. We leave ourselves open to be taken advantage of once again. Has Trump done a lot? Absolutely he has. Will he continue to stand up for the people? I certainly believe so. But he can't be our only hope. Lynn Wood realizes this. He called for us to come out from behind Trump and to get in front of him. Wood is signaling here that it's time for patriots to take the reins of the fight from Trump and start to lead it. We all have our own gifts and talents that we can use in playing our part. We need to stand up and use them and start playing our part. We need to take the lessons President Trump has taught us in how to fight and how to be persistent, and that it's okay to fight back against patently false or un-American ideologies and information. We need to apply these lessons to our everyday life and our everyday fight against the left. President Trump has taught us that we the people hold the power, not bureaucrats and government, and not even the billionaires who seem to buy these politicians. Now, just for a point of reference, there's 800 billionaires in this country. There's 74 million of us who voted for President Trump. Who do you think has the power here? We are the ones that made those billionaires. We are the ones that can take them down. It will just take a little bit of work and a lot of fight. Don't forget, too, that Trump is a citizen president. He had not held office up until this point. That also shows that we the people have the power, 
Now, again, Trump's a billionaire, but he's raised money. He didn't fund his campaign all on his own. And he's proven time and again that he is a citizen uh, of America first. That shows this that any one of us can raise up and run and win, whatever the battle we may be up against. But we have to get out of the mindset of Trump being our only hope, our only protector, and take the reins for ourselves. We need to lead the charge. We need to be in charge of our own lives, and we need to be accountable for our country. Whether Trump pulls out the election or not, we the people have to lead this charge. It's our government. It's by the people for the people. Now, before I move on to my other topic for today, I want to mention a line from an American Thinker article by Autry Pruitt titled, Republicans, Learn How to Fight Dirty or Keep Being Losers. I'll link it in the description box. Pruitt writes in uh, near the end of the article, Although President Trump was a masterful executive, whose America First policies rejuvenated the Republican Party, his gains will be short-lived if Republicans refuse to battle Democrats in the trenches. I would trade in President Trump's entire term if Republicans could learn just one lesson from their president, how to fight dirty. Friends, we need to actively engage the other side in whatever means necessary to ensure our values and beliefs aren't continually eroded and eventually lost to the Democrats. We need to fight to keep freedom and liberty for all. If we truly value it, we will take up the banner and continue the fight no matter what happens with President Trump. The other thing I want to cover today is the misinformation that continues to fly about. It seems to be tied to this idea of Trump being our only hope. As time goes on, and it looks more and more likely that Biden will be taking office, the misinformation gets worse and worse. People are getting more and more emotional and less and less rational and objective. I have a couple of examples here to go over. One was from a post on Parler yesterday, in which I commented that the House would need a few Democrats to flip, as well as the Rhino Brigade in the Senate, to hold the line in the event of any challenge electoral votes in order to have them thrown out. Now, I'll fully admit, I'm not a constitutional scholar, but I do know how to verify information, and I am familiar with the rules of procedure here. In this case, It takes a sponsor from both the House and the Senate to challenge a state's electoral college results. At that point, the session dissolves, the House and Senate return to their respective chambers and have two hours to debate the merits of the challenge. After that, both the House and the Senate vote whether to uh, accept the challenge or leave the results as is. It takes affirmative votes from both houses to throw out that state's electoral results. Now, I see this as unlikely to happen. The House is held by the Democrats, and McConnell has already signaled he doesn't have the votes to hold any challenges in the Senate. Yet I had someone try to correct my post, out of emotion, no doubt, that once this is challenged, the vote automatically goes to the House, and since Republican delegations outnumber Democrat delegations, Trump wins. This is patently untrue. The challenges here only trigger the debate. It doesn't throw out a state's electoral vote unless both houses approve of it. 
Now, there was no further debate debate from this person on this, and they didn't block me yet, so hopefully they took it to heart and looked up the process for themselves. The other example I have is a post my brother sent me. It's one that's claiming the U.S. only had 133 million registered voters, and and it's you know since it's agreed Trump got 74 million votes, that leaves 59 million for Biden. The Post goes on to claim that there was 21 million fraudulent votes. Now, a quick DuckDuckGo search brought up immediately that in 2018, uh, there were 153 million registered voters in the United States. That took me all of two seconds to do. Now, I took it a little further uh, and looked up what 2020 is. So you all are armed to combat this nonsense once you see it. Now, there's 257 million people, 18 and over, in the United States, of which 240 million are eligible to vote. Also, remember that several states have same-day registration. So the claims that people were using before that states had more votes than registered voters is also patently false and has been debunked, but yet still comes up from time to time. Adding Now, if I take and add up the 2020 voter registrations, there's almost 214 million people that were registered to vote here in 2020. Now, looking at this data, what I think merits question is, are all of those valued re valid registrations? Typically, the registration rate is about 65% or so on average year to year. Now, in 2016, the uh, voter registration rate was 70% with a 61% actual turnout. And that's all according to the Census Bureau statistics for 2016. 2020, we saw a rate of 86% of eligible voters that registered. And that's by my calculations of 213, 200, uh, closer to 214 million eligible voters measured against about 250 million or so estimated eligible voters, voters. So that is what we should be going after here. That is what we should be questioning. That's a 16% increase from 2016 in registered voters alone and likely an all-time high. We should be asking questions of how many registrations were coerced. How many were registrations of dead people? How many were registered in multiple states? We should be asking these questions, not posting emotion-triggering fake stats. We need to be more discerning and cautious in our responses to these fake stats. We need to have our first response, especially if we are unsure of something or we're not you know, well-versed in a, in a topic, our first response should be to question the authenticity and validity of it. It is of no help to our cause to emotionally respond off the cuff or share something off the cuff to something that is blatantly being put out there by someone who measures their self-worth in likes and shares and followers. Friends, we need to realize that Trump is not our only hope. We need to realize that the reality is Biden is on track to take office, and we need to be planning our activism and advocacy to ensure our voices are heard and concerns addressed. We need to be sharing correct information, valid information, and correcting the misinformation that is out there. If we don't, we risk being labeled as unserious. Now, don't get me wrong. 
I do want Trump to pull this out, and I am not giving up by any means. But as Eisenhower said during World War II, plans are nothing, planning is everything. We need to be planning our moves under a Biden presidency to ensure our values are held and our concerns are addressed. It's time for us to get in front of Trump and take the torch from him and move our fight forward as liberty-loving Americans. Friends, that's my show for today. If you'd be so kind, please leave a positive review. Also, if you would subscribe, it'll help us move up the charts and help more people find the truth. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful you've chosen to spend some time with me. I would truly appreciate it if you would subscribe to and share my podcast with friends and family. Please email me feedback. My address is livingwithliberty at usa.com. Follow and ring my bell for updates at my social media home on Parlor. My handle is at Living with Liberty. Liberty isn't a given. We must continue to fight and protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.